Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Happy Tuesday. For Topic Tuesday, we have a very special guest that we are spending the next hour with. It's Jack McCauley. If you have ever used a computer mouse scroll wheel, or you've used USB ports, plugged anything into USBs, or used Guitar Hero, if you played Guitar Hero or Forza, you have met Jack and you've experienced his work. He has also designed and built the DK1 and the DK2 VR headsets for Oculus just prior to being acquired by Facebook. And he's also got a lot of patents for inventions, including software and audio effects, VR, and motion control. He is currently an innovator in residence at the Jacobs Institute for Design Innovation at UC Berkeley. He mentors students there. He leads R&D projects and lectures in courses on product design and design for manufacturing. But most importantly, he's a car guy, and we're calling him right now. Hello? Jack, it's Paul. You got both Todd and I. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? We Very great. well. Thanks for being with us, man. Oh, no problem. I'm, it's an honor to uh, be invited. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. When people ask you what you do, what do you tell mm-hmm. them? Do you size people up? Do you go through the decision tree? Do you say, well, what are you into? What do you like? Do you like cars? Do you like yeah, how do you explain stuff? How do you explain we'll, what we'll you do? We'll circle back to everything Jack's done because I guarantee all of you listening <laughs> have bumped into something he's done. So I'm very curious, Jack. What do you tell people? Well, uh, I am uh, by uh, nature a car nut. Um, and my uh, entry into video games um, and doing the inventorship thereof was through cockpit games, mm. uh, driving games. Um, now, most of those higher end with the better resolution graphics type cockpit games didn't come around until after my career was well in its way, but that's how I got sort of started in that. I always wanted to have a Formula One car or a race car, and uh, but I didn't really have the time or the you know ability to you know revenue whatever to do that at the time. <laughs> the the revenue stream the, was the a little massive low. black <laughs> hole of cash that is an F one car. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. So and and so that's how I, I kind of got on this thing. I I, I was trying to build. I, I work. I built steering wheels uh, for arcade machines and so forth, and force feedback wheels, steering wheels, wow. and which in game controllers and things like that. That's what I was doing to try to improve the realistic cockpit experience and which could segue into a nice conversation about Oculus VR and my interests there. But essentially what I was doing was trying to figure out a way to do a really good racing simulation or car simulation. And um, so that's how I got started. And, and, uh, but I have, I have built cars. I've on my fifth car. Um, The last one I finished, I finished in, july of 2021 and that was uh, excuse me 2020 and that was a lola t70 that was built from the ground up and a lola t70 is for those who know is just like a le mans car from the late 60s early 70s with the high-powered v8 engine so and and you know super sleek body and nice paint and you know very sexy looking cars so i built one of those and it's built from scratch. I mean, I built, I built, I bought the body in England, the okay. car body, but um, from TW Moldings, which is off the original tooling. For Lola has a long history in, in Formula One, but all, mostly in 
sort of club racing, which is a low cost, you know, team racing type thing. But um, I bought the body from them and and then built the redid all the vehicle dynamics, the suspension to run on radials on the street because I always wanted one. Okay. A Le Mans car for the street. <laughs> I mean, was that the inspiration you chose Lola because, or was it just, well, that body's available of, of everything available. No. I guess there it is. I'll take that one. You know what it is? I, I, um, George Lucas, um, his first feature film, his very first film was a, a car film, um, a car oriented film filmed at Willow Springs. Um, if you watch his history, um, you know, I know he's just done star Wars, but he's, he's kind of a car nut. Um, American Graffiti, yeah. Um, the the film that was filmed at Willow Springs, which is like a student film, and and then uh, THX one one three eight, which was another sci fi film from the early seventies. That's his first big budget movie. Yep. So to make a long story short, I'm also a sci fi fan. Um, uh, I, I'm not a fan of um, the later movies, like the you know like the superhero movies and stuff like that. But I like dystopian sci fi. And in one of his movies, in THX one one three eight, there was a um, a Lola T seventy that retired race car that they used. They featured in the film a couple oh, of them. Very cool. And when I and when I saw that, I said, "Someday I'm gonna." Hold, I thought it was really cool. I'm gonna own that thing because <laughs> in the movie, in the movie, it had a, a airplane turbine engine in it and and all this stuff. And in reality, it was just an old race car that they overdubbed with you know turbine engine sounds. Yeah. But um. So I decided to to I was going to get one of those someday, and, uh, and so when I quit Oculus, I said I'm going to buy the body, I'm going to make the body look like the movie car, and I'm going to build the movie car and drive it around. Well, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I love that. I, no, I, what I love about that is that is an idea. And Jack, we're right here with you on this. That is an idea that an eight year old would have, and then yeah, we hope well. when we're when we're old enough to do it, we could still be enough eight year olds to go do it. Exactly. And I love that you did. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, about halfway through the project, um, I lost interest in the because here's the problem: how many have seen THX one one three eight? Very few. I, so I admit I haven't. The, the truth is, the oh. average person. I mean, I'm a geek and I'm a film guy, but the average person only knows THX eleven thirty eight because THX goes on to be the sound thing in front of all the George Lucas and the Indiana Jones films, and they're oh THX. <laughs> I kind of know what that. That's the only connection oh. most people have to it whatsoever. Sounds like now we should have George Lucas on as a guest and completely ignore <laughs> the elephant in the room and just talk cars. People are like, but but. <laughs> I've got questions about... Hang on. <laughs> Let's go yeah. back to Jar Jar Binks. What's going on? Yeah. Exactly. You know what's interesting? Also, in American Graffiti, the yellow 32 Ford Deuce Coupe that's in that movie has a license plate that says THX 1138. Mm-hmm. So kind of carry, he kind of carried that in. So a I THX one never caught that. That was my inspiration for that. And I also grew up in, in California. I'm, a, I'm essentially from here, but we... Uh, you know, it's a car culture in the, yeah. in the late 60s yeah. and, and 70s. And it was cruising, um, in, you know, Main Street, getting away from mom and dad. And all of those, um, the vehicle meant to me and probably impressed into my psyche freedom. Sure. And mostly getting away from mom and dad, but you know, just an escape. <laughs> and I can, I can remember meeting folks, you know, friends and stuff. You get in your car. And these are muscle cars from the late sixties, right? You get in your car, you go meet your buddies somewhere, and you know you do some things and you have fun, and you know it's just that's that's what I grew up in, and 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 I'm and I was immersed in that, and immersed in sci-fi, and 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 just got just enthralled with it. Um, I also saw a Formula One race 
in, when I was six. I went to his, mm. I was in Zonfort Hall, and we were living in Hall at the time. My dad worked uh, for the U.S. government, and we got moved over there. Went to a Formula One race, and those cars, that the sound and, and the shape of the car, sure. I was co- completely enthralled with them. Um, so fast forward, um, I go and uh, you know decide at a certain point that maybe my endeavor is to get into the car business. And the thing is, there's no car companies in Silicon Valley back then. There, there was. There was Noomi Motors, but it was like a manufacturing facility. Yeah, They were right. essentially t- Toyotas. Um, but there was no car industry here. There was semiconductors, uh, operating systems, stuff like that. Mostly that Apple computer, literally um, very close to where I live. And that was it. So what are my options? Well, I could pretend to be in cars. And so I was thinking about that. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you can, you can, you can actually, what if you could do simulations um, with vehicles and sit at at your desk at your house? This was a thought that was occurring to me a long time ago. I love it. And of course there was no high end graphics and, and doom and quake were coming out about that, you know, Oh, yeah. Doom, that, Doom and Quake, oh, my for God. sure. Keep yeah. going. I love it. It's great. So, um, and I already worked in an entertainment. Um, I worked I worked on Terminator 2, the movie. This was in the in the late 80s. Yeah. Um, one yeah, of the yeah. guys that I, um, professor, my alma mater, hired me to help him, a hardware engineer by trade, and hired me to help him build some hardware, digital hardware. So I worked on that, and I got in entertainment, and it just blossomed from there, um, essentially. I mean, I had done some programming, game, games programming before this, but rudimentary stuff, but not with it, with the enriched graphics and so forth. And so I just got into it from there and, and um, got hired by various companies. Here's what I, what I tell people um, when, when you, you know, about my career and so forth. is it, I have a lot of contacts in the business and I maintain those relationships for years and years and years. I call people, how you doing? Let's go get lunch. Well, not cutting right now so much because of COVID, but sure, let's go yeah. do some, you know, let's go out and have an iced tea or go to a barbecue or something like that. I stay in touch with those people. And the thing about it is I do know how to do the work. I know how to program do the electronics and systems engineering. Those are skills that you learn on the job and I'm, I'm good at it. Um, I'm, I'm probably not the best at it, but I'm pretty good. I'm really good at it. But it's the maintaining of maintenance of relationships with people over decades that's paid off in spades. Um, the job that I got at, that, uh, at, at Red Octane uh, Activision slash Activision, which is Guitar Hero, was uh, I was recruited by a guy I worked for at Take-Two who publishes Grand Theft Auto. Mm. Um, GTA um, Five is an amazing game, by the way. I just I love that game, and <laughs> and he 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 recruited me because he got hired. He was a hardware guy to produce the hardware for Guitar Hero. He call, first person he calls is me. I mean, it was a mixed relationship. It's stressful environment. Sometimes I didn't get along with him very well, but I never burned my bridges, and I always stayed in contact with people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets remembered that way. Incidentally, this guy. He just uh, he when he needed a place to do his startup, I offered my I have a commercial building. I gave him space at my commercial building, furniture, free internet, because he helped me. You yeah, know, sure, that's cool. With that's no, great. no, no idea of what payout. There's nothing in it for me. And turns out he just sold his business. Um, you know that they were a startup, and he just got bought by by a 
big conglomerate company, so he's he's done well. But it's like that, man. I just if someone comes and asks for help, I will help them. I'll drop everything and help them. I was taught that by my parents. That's cool. Um, but it pays off in spades, and it is, isn't always an easy path in in doing video gaming. It's very hard work. Um, it's very stressful. You're working with a lot of t- super talented finicky strange people um <laughs> the the side sorry the the strangest and most difficult people to work for in video games are the sound engineers who want the sound to be just perfect you know they're so picky that's funny oh, really. yeah it's a, yeah they, that, that that is they have that rap i'm not saying that's true everywhere but when i was at electronic arts that was kind of true it's like the guy it's hard to work with but he's a perfectionist and the sure. stuff is just amazing sure. so but um, you're working with artists in in it's a it's a it's a melding of art and engineering, um, and so you're working with really bright people who are very passionate about the work they do. It's art to them. To make a long story short, um, it's not always easy uh, being in that world and working there. Um, Oculus, there was certainly some some you know downside of that operation and that thing, but uh, there always is, and, and and the world isn't a perfect place. But if if you're um, you know, maintain these these uh, bonds with people, call them, and it pays off because they remember you. And and I got recruited to work for Oculus because of the relationships I built at Activision on Guitar mm-hmm. Hero. Interesting. That and makes all the, sense. Yeah, it's the way that's that world. It's a small world, first of all. There's yeah. not that many engineers working in video games. It, I mean, if you want to talk about IT, there's 10, 100 times more engineers working in IT than there are video games, oh, or maybe sure. a thousand times. So it's kind of a small world. Well, um, and you get recruited from studio to studio. So that's how my big gigs kind of lined up for me. So, well, that, that's yeah. interesting. The the small world aspect, and I, I I think what you're saying about keeping those relationships up is is hugely helpful. But the interesting thing that's dawning on me is we're talking about the small world of it. If I'm not mistaken, and please correct me, you're yeah. talking about being a car guy in that small world, and therefore you've worked on Forza, Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. And Oculus yeah. and Guitar Hero. So everybody listening yeah. has somehow bumped into something you were a project you were mm-hmm. on, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, that's 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 right. Um, the modeling for the vehicle, like incidentally, the car that's in Forza, uh, the Ultimate GTR, is modeled from my car. A guy named John Kennedy modeled that thing, a 3D model. From, I have one of those. He he scanned the thing in for me and modeled wow. it for me, and that's who did this. Stuff. And then that ended up in Forza, but it's a different color than my car. But incredible. Yeah, I love so, so. So that actually brings up this question, and that is, what cars do you own? I mean, I want to come back to the Lola in a yeah. minute because it's oh, fascinating. I got to know about the but Lola. What cars? What cars do you own, or what cars led to the yeah. Lola? Well, I, I'll tell you uh, the the worst deal I ever made. I had a '68 Camaro SS that I restored in my driveway. Okay, uh, in a really really nice na- posh neighborhood, much to the chagrin of the HO and my neighbors. It was on blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I love Perfect. that image. That's great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so the worst mistake I made in a vehicle was selling that thing because, uh, but the problem was once I finished it and drove it around a bit, it started accumulating boxes and laundry in my garage. I mean, boxes piled up on top of it. And, and so I wish I had not sold that. Uh, but I, I did that when I had a, I built a, in the nineties, I built a 1926 model T oh my from a car I found in a guy's front yard in San Leandro. I drove by one day and I said, that is a cool car. Huh. So I bought that oh my and gosh. then That's completely fantastic. redid it um, in my driveway and garage. And then <laughs> your, um, yeah, your neighbors that, love you. I can tell your that, neighbors just love you. Like what, 
What's Jack I building got today? <laughs> What's he it's, building this week? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, HOA is like getting letters in the HOA or something where you, you know, you gotta move. You're not a buy. HOA rules forbid you from parking trailers and you know, <laughs> junker cars in your. <laughs> so, and then uh, so after that, I I I did a Ultima and the Ultima oh, I wow. fitted with a with a Rolls V12 and I did that in in my garage. What? But by that time, my garage had a machine shop in it. Oh wow! And uh, welding equipment and. And, and a milling machine and a lathe and stuff like that. So I built that. I took a, a Rolls engine out of a silver seraph. I got it in San Jose, took it all the way apart. First of all, they told me it was great. It was burned. The engine was overheated, so oh, I had to man. rebuild it. But I stroked it. I put cams in it. I did the I did all the camshaft design in a, a program called the an old program called DinoSim, which is an engine simulator. And you can, wow! You can put in the number of pistons and friction coefficients and so forth. It's like an engineering thing, right? So, unbelievable. I, I, who who hot yeah, rods I, a Rolls Royce V? I mean, well, into an Ultima uh, as well. Into I an mean, Ultima. I, I yeah. love this, but yeah. it, but it feels like the precursor to the Lola, though. It really does. It kind of does. Going. You know what the recipe yeah. should be is that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the engine work on the on the on the Ultima was the most extensive part because it has downdraft thro- individual throttle bodies on it. So each oh, cylinder wow. in the engine has a throttle body sticking up. And um, I like how you pick the non-complicated things. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Jack's it's all about thing. the simple stuff yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I had a vision of it, what it was supposed to look like in my head, and it was supposed to look like one of these '60s, like a Ferrari 312B P GT cars, is what I wanted it to look like. Those cars are so beautiful to me. Yeah. The late '60s Ferraris and and um, you know Lolas and so forth. That's what I wanted it to look. Like when you opened it up, you go, ah, I see the inspiration. So it does look like that. And like the old Colombo V12 from Ferrari, I wanted that look. And and I actually looked on eBay to get a Colombo V12, but they're they're, not that they're out of reach. It's just too much work to get it to work. So I found the rolls and I said, well, it's a British car. It's got to have a British engine. I love it. I love it. But the the engine was reworked extensively and it's completely different. So back, to, let me tell you what the horsepower rating in is. This is a car show. Okay, please. please. It's, it, after all that work, it put out a measly 400 horsepower. And that's because the V12 in that is a limousine engine. It's designed uh-huh. for low-end torque. Yeah. So okay. it's got lots of grunt off the line, like for doing, if you want to do burnouts and stuff, it does that great. <laughs> but it, but it, it doesn't have um, the, you know, the stellar horsepower range you see off of a, you know, like motor train articles on the latest sure. Corvette. It doesn't have yeah. that, but it's, it's completely drivable. And it sounds like a Lamborghini when you're going down the road you go, and it's really loud. I mean, I, all my cars are extremely loud. I mean, I mean <laughs> the vision I have is you hear it first sure. and your head's looking around for it. And then it turns the corner and there it is. You know, wow. that's kind of like the art part of it. So, but that Ultima um, can't weigh much, though I wouldn't think. No, no, it it, it it's extremely fast. The engine's yeah. heavier than the rest of the car. <laughs> yeah, for yeah sure. <laughs> you that car is an evil car. It, it handles like a slot car. It's so oh, misleading. Wow. And they say this Ultima, and you know, says this, and you know, tells you this. You got to be careful because the the adhesion limit of the tires is very high. So mm. pretty, you know, you're driving right. You go, I can take that corner any speed I want. So I spun it twice um, without incident. The third time I spun it, I hit the was on the freeway and I hit the wall and oh, nearly man. destroyed the car. Oh my gosh! 
Yeah. So I had insurance on it though, and the insurance company covered it. They repaired it. Seventy thousand dollars of the damage to oh my god, what is essentially a kid car. Well, yes, but I just keep thinking about four hundred horsepower. I mean, I I own a Lotus Elise and I love it. Okay, and people oh, yes, are always asking questions about. You know, yeah. I literally had one guy at a gas station goes, "Does that have a V10?" I was like, "What? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. but, Where would but, it go?" <laughs> but the ultimate in that same vein, and my point is, mm-hmm. here's a car that doesn't weigh much. Four hundred horsepower on one level is like, oh, it's not that much. But in that car, it's got to be a rocket yeah. ship. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I did one hundred sixty on it. Uh, uh, well, I won't tell you where I did it, but I, I did. I was, I was saying, where's the limit on this thing? And there is no limit. And the the the, the beauty of that car is so well engineered. It, it's professionally engineered. Yeah. Uh, the assembly part, it's not for the an average builder. It's it's a it's difficult. I mean, Lola. I mean, Ultima tells you, oh, you could do this in a garage in three hundred hours. I didn't spend. I spent like two thousand hours. Wow. <laughs> and I'm experienced. So. Um, but it is it, it, the engineering on it is so spectacularly good. I, you know, McLaren used that um, car as a mule for their powertrain mm. um, on the F1. Wow, uh, I didn't know used, that. Gordon yeah, did they did on the F1. On on the on the on the F1, ringing out the powertrain, the V12. They didn't copy the chassis. They were, they, sure, you know, sure. McLaren can do their own vehicle dynamics. Right. They used it to ring out the powertrain. Huh. No so kidding. it's it's so good. The thing about it is the faster you go, the better it gets. Mm. And um, which yeah, that's a great car. It, it is really, really well done and, and but you can sink a fortune into it like I did. I mean, I just got <laughs> I went crazy with it. Well you still have it, right? I I, lo- I will never ever get rid of my the, another car after selling mine. Okay, car. Cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, good. No, that's excellent. Ooh, I love this story. Good. This is great. And working it working our way up the list. Um and then um on, on com- comes the Lola. Um, starting in 2014, um, I went about trying to find a spare, like a used one. There are none. There are 50. They made 50 of them. So, LolaD70.com. Get, get all your yeah, parts here, right? Exactly. Well, right. There, there, there is a guy in Florida that makes spares for it, and they, huh. they still make parts for it, like the uprights the, the, that sit on the outboard part of the suspension and hold huh. the brakes and so forth. But it's all primitive stuff. I upgraded the the car. I mean, it's got uh, Willwood um, disc rotors and full set of Willwood brakes, brake balancer, modern pedals, um, modern engine. I use an LS7. It's a bone stock LS7 because this time I didn't want to spend all my time, you know, modding the engine. You'd had that experience for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a and so what, you know what I did? I 3D printed an intake manifold with fake injection stacks on it so it looks like it's got huh. injectors on them street oh, yeah that's cool that's incredible you know, i love that op- open headers on the back uh and so it's just it's it's thunderously you know it's a 427 right so it's really really loud and it's got a little lopey idle to it so i i just wanted the whole um if you stood next to like a, a mclaren m6 with that big chevy in the back and heard it start oh yeah it just blows your mind that's what i wanted i wanted when it goes Kaboom. Like you human know, beings something. drive these things. <laughs> exactly. What yeah. on earth? But but it's intended as a streetcar. I mean it's not intended it's as a track street car, car, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a streetcar. Well, you know, in, in regular driving, if you don't if you're not leaning on the throttle, it's not that loud. Sure. It's when you get on when you put start loading the in, the engine down and putting fuel into it, a lot more fuel into it is when it starts getting loud. So just in regular driving it's it's loud, but it's not overbearing. Please you tell me you throttle. just drive to the grocery store in that thing or to go get yeah. coffee or something. Like, <laughs> exactly. honey, I don't, it appears to be a Lola T70 coming around us in the left lane, I yeah. think, from the late 60s. 
it, it is, it's a, and the thing is, is that I set it up for radial tires. If you set the suspension up in a car for bias ply tires, I can get into the tire tech because I went into deep, deep dive into that. But essentially, the car is built around the tires. Mm. So I had to build the car so that it, it was track, tractable and, and safe on, on regular roads, mm-hmm. city roads and so forth. So there means you have to use radials. You don't have to use radials, but finding bias ply tires. Oh yeah, they're sticky. They're too sticky. They have too, those too soft a material in the rubber, and they pick up rocks and nails sure. and stuff. So I ended up setting it up for radio Pirelli radials on it. I've got great big, the biggest radials you can get on it. And, and so I set it up for that, and it's just a wonderful car to drive. It, it, the ride, it's just like a street, you know, like a car you'd buy from Chevy or Ford. Um, and yet, it's, and yet well. it's not at all. And yet it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have to be careful and stuff like that because it's so powerful. This thing has got four, 520 horsepower and weighs 2,000 pounds. Oh, wow. Cow. Okay. Yeah, so you have to be super careful with it. And the other cool feature, and I know this is a car thing, is I have camera modules. You, you're, it's so low to the ground, you're almost laying down like you're in a lounge chair, like a, you know, one of these teak lounge chairs by a pool. And then <laughs> it's exactly like that. Very relaxed. Yeah. You got a drink in your hand. It's perfect. Keep going. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I put cameras on inside the the vintage looking mirrors. You know those oh sure co- uh, Shelby style mirrors. I got those on the outside where I put camera modules in them. Okay. So to see the left and right side of the car, I have a an L- LCD display inside of it for that mixes the signal from the left and right camera. So I get like the Tesla experience of okay. seeing it oh, around the car. Cool. So when I'm backing it up, I can see where I'm backing up and wow. gonna run into something. Um, and so, and it's got a hydraulic lift system on it. It's, it's really low to the ground. You have to be very careful. And, and when I'm driving on regular seats, I raise the whole car up on hydraulics, oh, the computer okay. in there. So it's all computerized and it's a bunch of software and stuff. But so this one took me five years and I worked on it a lot. I mean, I was traveling and so forth and, you know, doing this kind of stuff. But uh, it took me five years. And now that it's finished, it's it's really good. It's just when you – and the other, oh, the other thing I do is I, I move the entire instrument panel to switches to the steering wheel. So now you can wow. control the lights and other features of the car by pushing buttons on the steering wheel. And it's connected with a radio to a, a central receiver radio. So I use the radio – to control this. So I can take the wheel out just like a race car because you have to pull the wheel off to sure. get out of the car. Just, yeah, sure. get in and out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all the electronics are in the radio transmitters inside the wheel and the receivers inside the car. So I can walk around the car and control the lights and honk the horn. That's <laughs> so hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like going over the top again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is it still the yeah. yellow orange color that's on your website? It is. It's, it's a interesting colors because what I did was I, I, I there's a local um, hot rod shop here that paint I can't paint cars so I send that out to get done and I went through maybe 15 or 20 different sample sprays of what it, I wanted and I still didn't get right it right what I saw in my head it's very close but what I saw in my head was sort of a yellow orange with white but I couldn't explain to the guy exactly what that was supposed to look like so we shot a bunch of tabs and samples of huh. different paints and finally got it pretty close. But then after I painted, I said, it's just like a McLaren orange. It's not a McLaren. I was going to say, it's a little papaya, and, like the McLaren papaya orange. Yeah, color. it is. It is. But that was not really intentional. It's just, I couldn't get it right. I wanted an off, um, a cream yellow with, with, um, pearl in it. 
and I couldn't explain to the guy. And every time he shot one, it wasn't quite right. And this was the best of the bunch. So I mean, that's pretty good. Look, looks, are there other really places cool, to yeah. see the car other than your website? I mean, do you have photos posted? Yeah, I have else? a video. I have a video I can send you guys. So, and when yeah. we hang up here, it's a real or a link to it on on YouTube channel. We yeah, we will we'll post that link. We will for definitely sure. post that. Share that with people. For oh sure. yeah, and it goes through the whole genesis of myself getting involved with cars, including the race I saw at Zonfort in the sixties that Jackie Stewart won that race. Hmm. And, uh, and I found video of that race online. Um, and so I put clips of that in, in this video that I professionally shot and edited video that I did. Yeah. We'd love to see and, that. That'd be great. Yeah. Explains the THX one, one, three, eight and the inspiration for it. So, um, unbelievable. I mean, that, that race at six years old has literally defined your whole life because yeah, we're did. talking to car enthusiasts, car enthusiasts are listening and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. like cars a little bit, but that has, despite everything else you've done, defined everything to culminate. Yeah. In this. Well, I was in love after that. That's amazing. That, the, it happens to all of us. I totally get it. I'm actually yeah. really curious because of this progression and because the, the key thing you said that I think is fascinating is how all of your cars are loud. But yet yeah, you've, you've worked in a lot of like cutting edge tech, visual tech. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to try to merge the two and ask this question because Paul talks about this all the time. Paul talks about the fact that he's concerned that EV cars are going to lose sound and sound does mm-hmm. sell. And there's, there's a, I mean, you're, you're talking sells. about how yeah. important sound is in your car. So what do you, what do you see in the EV world? Here you are a guy mm-hmm. that I'll, I'll be honest, Jack, hearing your resume, I would expect you just went and built an electric Lola. And you didn't. Yeah. Right. So I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on those mergings of reality and what you think about the sound mm-hmm. aspect. Well, uh, the first thing I saw that was the hybrid, first hybrid I saw was the Prius. And I said, it's hazardous because you could walk in front of this thing and get hit by it. You can't hear it. Yeah, true. Um, true. You hear the tires, um, yeah. but you hear nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, but I've kind of, kind of come full circle. And I'll tell you what I did. Last year, I built we built two EVs. I was getting to that. Um, one, and I have a videos I can send you guys of this thing. One, which is, it looks like a go-kart and like all of the stuff I do, it's hyper overpowered. It's got way too much power okay. and it's, it's beyond fast. It's okay. literally about a foot shorter than a go-kart and it's all electric powered by lithium ion batteries with controllers and software. Wow. And that's the first one. That was an exploration into to teach myself the, the EV tech. The second version we did is a hybrid with a small gasoline engine on it. And it yes, they do have this issue where they're quiet. But I also have a, a model um, model X, and it makes a whirring noise like a UFO. Have you ever been next to one? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, it's a little disconcerting and, uh, at first time. You know. Yeah, it's. I, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't like that car that much. I've got a, also got a Chevy Bolt. Ask me cars. I got a bunch of cars. I got a Chevy Bolt, which right. I absolutely love. They're we cool, aren't they? Bolt. We're big fans. Keep yeah. going. That's a really, really good car. And um, I think Chevy, I don't know who built it. I heard it was not Chevy, maybe Kia or Hyundai or something like that. But whatever, whoever did it knocked it out of the park. I know they've had battery issues. Um, when I, I teach electric vehicle engineering at UC Berkeley, when I teach electric vehicle engineering, I, I'm focused more or less. I, I teach the, mm-hmm. teach the, uh, and the physics and dynamics of the, uh, model S induction motor, but I'm, I'm like focused on what Chevy has done with the Volt. What they've done is they've built a universal electric motor powertrain. Mm. Now this thing can go in a truck. It's like the small block Chevy of 
of electric engines. Okay. It's a complete powertrain control. That's a way of describing it. Yeah, that's essentially what they've done. It's a it's an engine that they can put in different platforms and reuse what reuse their their reoccurring engine, you know, non reoccurring engineering cost. Or Let's extract make sure that old battery issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah that that is a struggle that a lot of uh, just about every company has gone through Absolutely, Tesla yeah. Yeah. is far ahead of, of um, Chevrolet, even I think in terms of uh, figuring out um, how to maximize battery life. And, and, you know, mine got, mine got recalled. I took it in. It went down about, oh, about 40 miles in range. Big deal. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's not yeah, like it yeah. have the range. Sure, um, sure. But the, this hybrid vehicle we built is a teaching platform. One, to teach myself about hybrids, and two, to try to figure out how to improve the efficiency of an EV. Huh. And, and I, think that, I think that I partially accomplished the latter. And, and so, in my view, you, uh, the best combination um, of a vehicle is a small gasoline engine, and, but it's primarily an EV. Okay. And the way this thing works is this. If you park it, let's say you go to the store and you want to run into, you know, Vons or wherever it is, you know, as a grocery store, yeah. the gasoline engine senses this, it turns itself on and tops the battery out. So that oh, when you come out of the store, the battery's ready to go. It's oh. topped out again. And the, the, en- the small gasoline engine runs at maximum efficiency. So it's sure. running in its curve of efficiency exactly where it's supposed to be. And it's pretty close to full throttle, like an airplane motor, kind of like that. Sure. Okay. So it sits there, it turns itself on, it charges battery. You get back in, it's ready to go. This thing, I've never charged it. I put a little oh. bit of gas in it once in a while, but I never charged it. And it's, of course, it's wicked fast. It's it's scary, and, and we and I've come close to wiping out on it. <laughs> you know, just because I, I push it to the limit. Like the first thing I do when I get on it is like, I'll see how fast it goes, and, and then. But it's got full. Re- it this thing also does not have brakes on it. It does not have mechanical brakes. The braking is done through the electric motors. It's Interesting. Got entirely? Two, entirely. It's got Whoa. two electric motors on it, and um, there's enough torque stop, you know, to, to stop the vehicle, and it won't lock the wheels up, but it works great. That's um, fascinating. So there's, you've got some similarities here, actually, what Chevy did with the Volt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But keep, keep going. This is fascinating. Yeah. No, no, no mechanical batteries, no rotors, no huh. disc brakes. It's all electronic braking. Uh, and this can be done with a couple of caveats. One is that the vehicle doesn't go very fast. The faster the vehicle goes, the less likely the batteries are to be able to take that kind of braking load, which is what we mm. discovered. Huh. Um, it's got two batteries, a braking battery and a propulsion battery. The braking battery is used to brake the vehicle. So it's essentially empty, let's say. Yeah. It okay. brakes the vehicle. It absorbs the braking. If the brakes are re- on really hard, the second battery kicks in and takes over not over but accommodates the additional sure power coming off the vehicle the slowing down power so this is why this by switching these batteries like this the discovery is that i can actually get this thing to stop really well it won't skid it doesn't oh. have enough torque to do that uh, but it will wheelie we, we were <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we got that's, that's the episode title won't skid but will wheelie i love it that's good <laughs> that's very very good well that's interesting because you think of the starting torque it's taking current out of the motor, power out of the motor to, to, to wheelie, but it doesn't have the ability to charge like that with that wheeling power. You know, it's like it doesn't go two directions. With the second battery in there, it can do that because I'm taking 
the batteries and put them in, in essence in parallel to take on the additional huh. stopping. This is the this is the pr- thing about electric vehicles. You could improve the efficiency very a lot higher if you were able to manage the the removing the kinetic energy from the vehicle and stopping. Mm. And and uh, and Tesla, um, the battery wear on the on if you take the thing in to get a how long do you need a brake job on a Tesla? Well, two hundred fifty thousand miles, right? It's very uh, brakes last forever, right? Um, and that's evidence that they're they've managed this whole. Um, stop starting and stopping stuff pretty well um and the way their system works is like the brakes are electronically controlled the brakes kick in uh when you're when you're putting too much juice into the battery so the the mechanical brakes start coming in Um, like the tesla model s mine also has traction control so that was an exploration to see if we could actually do traction control to keep the you know uh, when you're going around a corner or uh, on ice or something like that that you could do traction control and you can um, it probably doesn't work as well as as uh, you know gas powered vehicle traction control, but it does work. And Tesla also does. It's got an electronic differential. It doesn't have a mechanical differential. Um, the wheels um, have on either side of the vehicle are controlled independently. Two different processors and sure. two different control. Yeah. So, in essence, it's 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 this is it, it it's a teaching tool essentially, primarily to teach myself. So. That thing we it's it's still it's stuff this stuff is like never finished. I'll get it to a point where I'm pretty <laughs> happy with it, and and I had bigger plans for it, and then I just I figured that I've done enough on it that uh, you know I don't want to do anymore. I'm kind of getting bored with it. So, but it's, in essence, you know, in the in the in the world, of, you asked me about the EVs and and the, and the noise. I, I think there's other benefits to an electric vehicle. First of all, if you like to go fast, which is what I like. to do, uh, and you like a lot of starting torque. Yeah, you like a lot of starting torque, like wheelie starting torque. It has that, and a mm-hmm. gas power car does not. Sure. I mean, drag a dragster, you know, you know, maybe top fuel car, maybe, but not but like short that. Of that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the the drag race videos. Everything will be endlessly drag raced against a Tesla. Doesn't yeah, matter. Sure. Yeah. And sure, it wins. Great. But the noise yeah. part is still such a part of it. I've always thought, yeah. you know, nine eleven flat sixes and. You know, yeah. Chevy V8s and BMW inline sixes and those classic engines that just sound a yeah. particular way. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. You know, those sell just the noise yeah. alone yeah. sells. Yeah. It's a big part of people's reviews about the car. Yeah. Like, well, this car doesn't sound good. Or, you know, like the 718 yeah. came in with the four cylinder. People don't like that. It mm-hmm. sounds too Subaru ish. You know, things like I that. I see. You know? I see. Yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that eventually the public will get their head around that when they see the utility. Uh, being able to, like my car, I have a level two charger in my house. I got full, I got solar panels and Tesla batteries. I, I go like crazy with it. Like, sure. I have a hundred, a hundred and eight solar panels, which oh is gosh. enough to power like a village. I, I, I went overboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got then, needs, you know. I understand. Yeah, I guess I can run my CNC on it. Probably, I'm figuring <laughs> that out. Yeah, but that's funny. The world's first but, solar-powered CNC. That that's yeah interesting. Well, I just I, it's just I, I just like I couldn't go halfway, and, and so to make long story short. I see the utility of being able to go home, and then you come out in the morning, and your car's ready to go. Don't have sure. to go to the gas. I don't like going sure. to the gas station. It, it's stressful. It's not as stressful as running out of a battery because I've run the battery and my bolt down to nothing. I mean almost. that is stressful, and that is very yeah. stressful. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, but I also think some of your gas station frustration is probably from the fact that you're pulling in there in a Lola that you built yourself. I mean, that's stressful <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. Like, that has to, that has to be a difficult day. It's, but, it's a it's a crowd draw for sure. Absolutely, I mean, I it is. Yeah. But but I'm curious. I mean, do you here you have all of this electric stuff you're dabbling in and you're learning and and you're you're kind of retrofitting and and if you will, deconstructing the stuff that's already being built and teaching on that. Mm -hmm. But on the side, you're building this monster Lola with an LS7 in it. So Mm -hmm. do you see these worlds being parallel for a while? Because all we talk about this in the podcast a lot. All of our audience is a little bit concerned because everybody's going, well, only electric cars after this date, which we think is a bit fuzzy, but moving on. But I'm just kind of curious of your thoughts about the this simultaneous reality of we're, we're liking cars, even you. We're liking cars yeah. that are gas and powerful and loud, but we're also curious about EVs because of their usability. Right. How do you see the parallel reality of those? And, and what that'll do well, for enthusiasts because we think, mm-hmm. you know, will there be a lightweight, fun, enthusiast EV? Will it just be the mm-hmm. first Tesla Roadster where it's a Lotus with a heavy battery and it just ruins the steering mm-hmm. feel? Will there be? Right. Will that well, I. I, 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 I think there's room in the market for small EVs and um, uh, lightweight uh, single passenger vehicles uh, mm. that aren't three wheels, um, like a Polaris or something like that, sure. you know, three wheelers. There's, there's a market for stuff like that. Can the government, uh, you have to have a motorcycle license to do that. Can the government get their head around adding another wheel? I mean, big deal. Mm. What's the difference between four and three wheels? They, they would have to be able to permit. I think there's a market for high performance. Of course, I always look at like high performance stuff, right? So <laughs> there's a market for super high performance, lightweight EVs sure. with good, with really good range. Um, when you, you know, when you guys are in LA, I think so. When you go to work, I'm by myself in my car. I got four, I got three seats, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sitting by myself in my car. Why not just have one seat? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I want it to look like I want it to look like a Formula One car. I, I don't want to mess around, you know. <laughs> I have your answer, think, Jack. But t- the difference between three and four wheels, it's your dignity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I would not. I, I mean, I like the Polaris and I like the three wheeler stuff. It's just I look at that and I go, "Why don't I just buy a motorcycle?" Yeah, 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 for sure. Just get a bike, right? But um, I think. Yeah, just to back up just on that comment, uh, there is, uh, the, you know, I know the um, Harley's, um, you know, uh, attempt at doing an electric uh, motorcycle. I thought that was brilliant because it's the perfect platform. Your rain, you, you take a motorcycle, you don't go out 400 miles on a bike. You can, but for me, it's uncomfortable to do that after a while. You go a couple hundred miles or a short commute on it. I think an electric um, motorcycles are really, really, really great idea. Um, when I went to, I went, to, I go to the TT, the Isle of Man TT, um, and they have a, an electric motorcycle part of their mm-hmm. TT program. And they're just as about as fast as the gas ones. Mm. Um, and, and the, the cool thing is you, you don't hear the engine, you hear the wind. Oh, and, interesting. Right. Cause yeah, they're a brake yeah. aerodynamically essentially. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Behind them. And they, when I was there, this is—it's been a couple of years because of COVID, but I think they were doing an average speed of 115 on the TT course, where the gas bikes were doing 132 or 130 miles an hour. So they're mm. pretty dang. They're not as good on the hills um, as the gas gas bikes, but they're almost comparable. And it's still oh. early. Yeah, um, yeah. The the development and improvement on battery capacity um, is is an ongoing. This is part of what I do at UC Berkeley. I don't teach the battery component. I teach the powertrain. But 
the the development of solid state in high capacity lithium batteries is there's a lot of research and a lot of competition right now. Eventually, they're going to come out with a battery that pack that weighs half as much mm. with the same range. Wow! Um, so that that's ongoing. When that happens, uh, it'll be more practical to have um, a vehicle, you know, a motorcycle that has relatively short range, go 300 miles or something like that. So, um, you know, it's it's coming. It's just this is just the beginning. There's I went to the Detroit Auto Show that was last week. Okay. Was last week, yeah, yeah, I went, I went to that. And I was checking it out, and there's, it's all a lot of electric stuff. Everyone's on to the electric thing, you know, right now, because probably because of regulation. I'm, I'm not sure. What's, sure. It just, well, everybody's just claiming the they're going to be uh, all electric by 2030 or 2035. We'll see, yeah. but that's what everybody's yeah. supposedly shooting for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he, the, the, there's a lot of inhibitors. First of all, the power grid and the infrastructure is just not there. I mean, we're yep. built for. Yep. Um, petroleum, the right. entire society. Um, if nuclear had not been clobbered by bad PR and a couple of some bad mistakes, um, then the infrastructure and the, the power capacity would be there quicker. But sure. right now we're still burning coal and natural gas and then moving sure. it on an electron pipe to everyone's house. It's just not there. And how are they going to pay to upgrade the entire system? I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, just my view um, quickly, but who knows? Uh, knowing what I know about how quickly the, you know, uh, policy changes versus how quickly the implementation of the policy changes, I'd say that's not likely. It's just hard <laughs> to get it to move. Diametrically well, that, 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 almost. Yeah, yeah almost, right? These are a lot of discussions we've had. I, I, we're with you on it. Yeah, it's just there's a whole a lot of inhibitors. Are electric vehicles more efficient? And the answer to that is, well, where do they get the electricity? They burn coal. There's an upward efficiency or natural gas um, that's probably greater than an internal combustion and burning it directly. Um, there's, a, there's a slight efficiency increase in a power plant than there is because they run at optimal power output. They run at most maximum efficiency, which is pretty close to optimal power output, max power output, excuse me. Um, is there, um, is there uh, an efficiency trade-off? Well, the, the answer to that is that the EVs run around 54% efficiency. The best automobiles are 32% efficiency. Okay. So heat. for all of those, it's heat. Yeah, it's a it's a thermodynamics relationship mm-hmm. that you can't really break. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there is there a um, an answer to that? And the answer is nuclear. If if we had nuclear power, which is clean and reliable, environmentally friendly, uh, we would pr- probably be able to pay off the um, the 2030 benchmark uh, we may, may meet that but we don't have that in the country and they're tearing out one of a power plant here in california right now so it's just it, there's a lot of um and you know in this country everything changes every four years there's some new policy sure. that comes yeah. in who knows you know they, but the automobile manufacturers are working on evs i love them i i think they're i, I just love the things that I know they're not loud. I mean, what if you put speakers on the outside of a Tesla? That we well, but <laughs> the original totally the original Dredge Fisker just, had this weird manufactured sound that made right. below yeah. twenty miles an hour. Yeah, Freddie, yeah. our friend, a, a composer we know in LA, actually uh, produced that sound. He was actually oh, composing wow. the sound. It was just weird little warble, yeah. like a digital robot warble that it made below twenty. This, and I, so I think that's going to continue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then it yeah, shut it, off at high speeds yeah. because you know mm-hmm. hopefully there's no pedestrians in your way above twenty five miles an hour. That's the problem. I, I've had people walk right in front of my car, oh, like, yeah. you know, just without, they didn't hear it coming. They, yeah. It's not fast enough to hear the tire noise. Sure. 
you just don't hear anything. And you can't blip the throttle. You know, <laughs> you don't do that. Pipes no. <laughs> save lives. You can't just gun the engine, like, get out of my way. You can't do that no. anymore. No, you can't. And, but I, I think that, uh, you know, from a performance standpoint, if you're into performance, I think that, you know, I think it's a great, a great, uh, electric vehicles are great for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't for, uh, again, I like, you know, I like a thunderously loud car that turns heads for, you yes. know, across the entire parking lot. <laughs> and, you know, that's what I like. Um, but yeah, I see the utility in EVs and I mm-hmm. see the, um, are they environmentally friendly? Not quite, you know, and you can tell yourself that you're helping the world or helping trees or, but really they're, 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 uh, you know, the mining of lithium where it is, yeah. the fact that 30% of its mined are processed by a country that we're not particularly friendly with. Right. Um, these are, these are, these are, we have the same problem with petroleum, right? We sure. we need energy independence in this country. So another whole topic, but um, <laughs> you, you have, you have a lot of inhibitors and, and it's not environmentally friendly yet. Um, perhaps if we can figure out how to recycle old lithium ion batteries, the way they recycle them now is they put them in power banks to charge your phone. I mean, yeah. they're, they're kind of, yeah. they're kind of spent, but not entirely. They're uh-huh. good for that. But to re- the raw recycling of lithium-ion batteries and keeping them from going in a landfill uh, would be amazing. If I were doing a startup company, I'd try to figure that out. And it's worth gold. But- there, there's a freebie for the audience. If you're into that, there's there's your yeah. startup option. Yeah. Okay, so Jack, relate this to our audience, our car-buying audience, yeah. and that is the car debate. People write to us from all over the world and say, hey, Todd, hey, Paul, what car do you think I should buy next? For people thinking about electric cars or wanting to adopt them yeah. maybe into their lives or, you know, right. not everybody has 108 solar panels at their house. To well, and not everybody has a Lola or, a, or an Ultima with a Rolls Royce so, either, which, I, which I, I'm totally fascinated by. For the by. car buying audience, and maybe I yeah. might consider one. And we've recommended used bolts mm-hmm. before, yeah. you know, the whole battery issue. But there's going to be continual battery issues, as yeah. you said. So how mm-hmm. should the audience feel about, should I invest my hard-earned dollars into buying that? Should I incorporate yeah. a car into our family do i stick with what i know mm-hmm. what do you say to our audience i would say if you're in a rural area with a loud, without large infrastructure stick to your internal combustion engine because it's going to be a long time before that part of the of the world gets populated with charging stations that's the first thing in urban areas like Cal, parts of california there's there's ample charging stations that you can yeah. stop in so um but uh, f- uh, brand-wise, I, I, I think uh, everyone's getting on board. Who, who's the company that's going to succeed is probably the company that has um, um, forward thinking. And, you know, Tesla is way ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. They, have, um, um, they're, they, they just are software-wise. Personally, I don't care for the way the car operates. Uh, there's no start button on it. I, I have one. It drives me crazy when I get there and I have to pull out my phone and hold it onto part of the, I just, I just think it's just not what I like to do. I just, sure. I like a key, you know, like a yeah. key fob, you push on the little button and it opens. There's um, something to an but, event, a starting of a car in his event. I'm going to yeah. go do something. There's, yeah. Part of that is well, the magic. Yeah. When you get out of the Tesla, you leave it on. I'm getting out and I go, it's not locking the steering wheel, you know, like yeah. this, you know, it's yeah. got anti-theft. <laughs> and it's yeah. still running. No, you just get out of it. Just I'm not going to get out of it. I want to turn it off. Yeah, yeah, right. You can get your head around that. Uh, the 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 backup system on it. Other parts of it are brilliant. I, I like a lot. Uh, like a lot of it. It's just that really grates on me. I, I think bang for the buck. And uh, okay. the bolt. The bolt. I have one. I, I test drove a lot of EVs. The bolt 
for 35 grand is a smoking deal. It, it is ugly as sin. It, it looks like a shoe. <laughs> I mean, it's not that but, bad. Or, it's, it's, yeah. It's not, I wouldn't call it pretty though, Paul. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Fair enough. It's not a pretty car. And it actually is fast. It, yeah, it, it is. I can smoke, smoke the front tires on it. For and, sure. Yeah, I, I get. I like to get people in it. It's like they think it's a dumb, dumpy little shoe car look, yeah, looking thing. And I get them in there. Go watch this. I put it in sport mode. And I nail the throttle. And it spins the tires. They go, holy smokes! Yeah, for well, sure. We have a fan of the yeah. show whose soon-to-be wife, his fiance, got a bolt, and she goes trolling. She was never really into cars, and she yeah. goes trolling for Mustangs at the stoplight. Yeah, oh, yeah Mustangs. She them. just likes to like yeah. any kind of just muscle cars. Like goodbye. Hit yeah. the hazards. It's yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that's that exactly the starting torque. Uh, it's all software driven. The, the engine on the, the motor, electric motor on the Bolt, is completely controlled by software. Tesla's vehicles are software. It's a simple car. It's got a differential disc brakes and a, an induction motor on it and a controller. It's all software driven. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what you're getting into. That's how, that's what's happened. Is it's a, the complexity of mechanical engineering is now shifted into software mm-hmm. in a funny kind of a way, if you think about it. So it's all software driven. Um, I, I'm I'm happy with my Bolt. Uh, can you drive it to LA uh, from here? Uh, if you take Interstate Five, it's for your audience. It's a long, long drive. One charging, one charging station in Button Willow, little town. Uh, it's risky. Mm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you may end, right. up, you end you may end up needing a tow truck at some point. Um, Yep. Uh, they need to improve the range on all electric vehicles. They need to go up to 450 mile range or whatever. Um, that's what I would say with the with the improvement in battery technology, which is coming. There's a lot of com- solid power. A lot of companies are working on on solid state batteries and batteries which are have higher capacity. And that is the next um, step that we see as well. You know, getting yeah. away from lithium as well. Yeah, there, you still might be entangled with pardon the expression with the lithium. But it may be a lithium compound or a solid lithium electrode or li- li- lithium sulfur batteries. A company called Litron working on lithium sulfur batteries wow. for automotive. I met them at the uh, Detroit Auto Show. So, um, by the way, Detroit's a nice town. I hate to you know, burst anyone's bubbles. It's really come a long way. It's 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 changed. I mean, I was there in the '80s, and it's just scary place. <laughs> yeah, it's really better. Yeah, it's definitely come it's, a long way. Yeah. So, but. Um, you know, I, I would say that, uh, you know, I'm kind of married to Chevy. I'm a Chevy guy, right? So I've got my Chevy, uh, Lolo with the Chevy in it, and I had Camaro, and my Model T had a Chevy, a Gen 1 small block in it. So wow, I'm, I'm a sh- kind of a Chevy guy. Yeah. Um, but um, So I'm kind of like in that camp, but um, I was surprised how well uh, thought out and well-engineered the vehicle whip is. Um, I had a Caddy, um, an XTS I got rid of that I, I didn't like that much. It was just, you know, internal combustion engine car. Yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, but I, I'd say that that bolt is the best. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not in the high dollar thing and you, you don't want to spend a lot of money and you want, want low lease payments, that's a good option for you. And I get about 270 miles. It claims. Wow. Okay. But that's I think that's probably, an, yeah, it's pretty good. It's real good compared to the leaf. Remember the leaf came out was 50 mile range. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. And they've updated it now. It's a little over a hundred, but it's still not a long way. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would I buy a car with a hundred mile range? I don't know. The leaf's got its fan base, right? There's people that are crazy about them. Well, but I've, um, I've but, said on the podcast before that I think the, the flip side of the equation is if for some reason you could charge right now for as long as it took you to get gas, then none of us would be worried about range. Mm-hmm, but since that's right. not possible, then the range is yeah. the offset. 
That's right, and uh, there's hope that these uh, DC uh, 300 amp chargers will be coming online. I have yet to see that. It's also hard on the battery to charge it that hard. Sure, it's better to be easy on it. You know, be cool is if you came home and you just parked in your driveway and you came out in the morning, it was charged. Like you didn't have to worry about the cable or anything like that, like plugging into the wall. A robot or something that would sense you coming in and plug it in for you, and you just get out. It's always full. Yeah, well, that, that's kind that of snake, that Tesla weird snake thing from years ago. I just, ugh, it's so weird. Very odd. Yeah, it, it, that would be my, that would be a, a, an interesting idea. And then some, I heard other people saying like, you can swap out battery. You don't want someone else's battery. Agreed. You don't Agreed. know that, it, that it's being abused or. Totally. Yeah. You know, I abuse my battery and my bolt probably, but <laughs> so. Battery that's, abuse. That's fascinating. Well, Jack, Trigger. this is this has been awesome. Thank you for the, for the breadth so of commentary much, here. This is really, really fun. Yeah. Any uh, call to action for the audience, Jack? A white paper to read, something that can impart you know the, the knowledge that you've just shared. I, or just website or stuff you want to share. We're up for all of it. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I can share some some interesting tidbits. If you, if you want to find out who's working on battery technology, of course, Tesla is uh, you know, a lithium-ion manufacturer. They manufacture... A cell for for the model the model s they need to work on um, their panel gaps and aligning their rear hatches before i you know that exactly <laughs> that's what i noticed i uh, noticed the thing is like poor body alignment yeah and and it just it just screams at me that, that they're they're new to building vehicles oh, you, that's you know, the first not thing ferrari from the 60s and get away with you know yeah, asymmetry yeah. symmetry is overrated <laughs> it's not it's not a handmade body and also exactly. the model y the, the gasket that goes around the doors, it rots. And I'm looking at that and I look at one, it's like three years old and it's all cracked and stuff. And I'm going, I mean, can't they hire a guy from VW or GM who knows about yeah. rubber compounding? Exactly. And I went over there. I was looking at another car, a, date, a new Day Tommaso that came out. I was interested in buying it, but lots of people around here work at Tesla. There's a lot of folks that work there and it's, it's a, uh, it's a high stress environment, but you know, they're, they're like bleeding edge stuff. So tidbits, I can forward you some, if you'd like to read about uh, EV technology, some websites. And I also owe you my, my YouTube link there. Absolutely. We'd love to see it. We'll share that on social, but uh, yeah. thank you so much. We'd, Love the conversation. We just, you know, I think it's the same thing that people in your classes here, you know, this, this knowledge that you've got and imparting yeah. that to help people think differently, but still relate, you know, relate it to our car disease and the mm-hmm. wanting of sound I, and the wanting of fun just, driving. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It is a disease. <laughs> we call it that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm infected. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're thrilled that all of us talking are all t- and listening are all about it too. So, Jack, we really appreciate your time. It's thank been you awesome. so much. Hey, it's been awesome, guys. Good luck. Thank you. Wow, phenomenal. Jack, thank you so much again for coming on. We really appreciate it. If you've got thoughts on the episode, we're looking forward to having more guests in the future. We're uh, definitely trying to get back to that, but hopefully you enjoyed the uh, the whole session with Jack, and we'd love to have him back anytime. Looking forward to your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most importantly, your car debates, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everyone.